0: If you brought a Bible this morning, I want to invite you to go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. We've been talking about the walking miracle. And you are a walking miracle. The book of Deuteronomy is the second law. The first law was given by God to Moses at Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus. Between Exodus and Deuteronomy, 40 years have passed. The nation of Israel has wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their unbelief. And that generation that refused to possess the promised land because of fear and unbelief has died. And a new generation has been raised up. This will be the generation that will possess the promised land. And so Moses preaches a series of sermons, five sermons in total. Those sermons are in this book of the Bible. And he gives to them, again, the law of God. And he writes in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, And he humbled you and let you be hungry. And he fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone. But man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as man disciplines his son. Therefore you shall keep his commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God will bring you into land, a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, a land flowing in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, of pomegranates, a land of olive and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity, in which you will not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills. You will draw copper. And when you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the ministry and power of the Holy Spirit among us. We thank you that you have decided to bless us. And we ask this morning that you would speak to us by your holy and inspired word. I ask you to anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might hear the word and put it to good use in their life. We ask that in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. I want you to say with me. I am a walking miracle. I've been talking to you about walking with God. And this topic is important because you and I have the option, we have the opportunity To enter into the promised land just the way the nation of Israel did. Israel walked out of bondage after 400 years. They walked out. They didn't fight their way out. They didn't push their way out. They didn't run out. They walked out. Then they walked into the promised land. They didn't push their way in. They walked into the land of promise. Because walking in the Bible represents a being in the rest of God. Taking the things that God gives you. By the force and strength which God supplies. This morning I want to talk about walking by faith. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians saying, We do not walk by sight, but we walk by faith. How many of you can say that this morning? I walk by faith. The Bible tells us here about God's dealings with the nation of Israel. And he says to them that, he took them through the wilderness in order that he might show them what was in their heart, that he might prove to them that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I know you've heard that phrase before because it was the answer of Jesus to the first temptation of the devil uh, at the beginning of his earthly ministry. And the same... A thing that Jesus was teaching then uh, is what Moses is teaching to the nation of Israel and what God wants us to learn and know this morning. I believe what God wants you to get out of this message this morning, what he wants you to walk away from this morning, is that you would begin in more and more areas of your life to depend completely upon him. That is God's goal and objective for you as you walk with Him. That more and more areas of your life would be handed over to Him. And that eventually, if that's not already the case, that every area of your life would be completely dependent upon God. God said to the nation of Israel, I took you through these places, through hunger and through need. And I brought you through these places in the wilderness so that I could make you understand. That man doesn't live by bread, but that man lives by the Word of God. The Word of God is a creative Word. You and I were created by the Word of God. We exist because God said, let there be light. Because God created the universe by His Word. And so you and I are the product of the Word of God. We are sustained by the Word of God. And we need the Word of God more than our daily bread. Say amen, somebody. The Word of God is the lifeblood of the believer. It is your spiritual meat and your spiritual bread. And so many times when we read this Bible verse, we think that it might mean that man will live by bread and by the Word. But what God was teaching Israel and what God is teaching us is that we're going to live not by bread but by the Word, by an exclusive and complete dependence upon the Word of God. God wants you to have a revelation focus not a provision focus you realize that it's possible to live your entire Christian life just looking at God's hand saying God give me and expecting and receiving things from God and that is a blessing to be able to know that you can ask God for the things you need and to be able to receive those things from him but there's a higher level and that is uh, the level of revelation When you stop looking to God's hand and you start looking to God's face. When you go into a a relationship with God that is not based upon what God can do for you. But it is based upon who God is. That it is a relationship with God not based on the blessings He provides. But based, based upon the person of God Himself. Listen, none of us. Like to be used in that way. None of us like to be liked for our money or for our car or for our job or for our house. Uh, We all don't, none of us like that because we all know that the day we don't have the money or the car or the house, we won't have the likes, we won't have the friends. We won't have the followers. But friend, uh, you and I know then there's a richness that comes when you are in relationship with somebody. that doesn't care how much money you have or how much, what kind of car you drive or what kind of house you live in. They're in it for you. God says, Israel, I want you to be in it for me. I want you to know I'm going to provide the bread that you need. I'm going to give you the house that you need. I'm going to provide the blessings you're asking for. But I want you to live For me to live to to depend upon my word. To understand that the things that you need don't come by your strength or by your effort. They come by my word. They come by revelation from the almighty God. He wants you to have a revelation focus. A dependence upon his word. And not so much a dependence upon what he can do. You know there are a lot of people who fail in their Christian walk. They stop walking with God the moment that the blessings stop. The moment that things don't show up in their life on the timing and schedule that they have decided, they stop walking with God. But there are some of us who realize that God is bigger than that. Say amen, somebody. Some of us who realize that walking with God is a daily experience and that it is worth it to stick with God. It is worth it to walk And keep on walking with God. Now God taught the nation of Israel this very important principle through the miracle of the manna. Now you may have heard this miracle story from the Bible. I'm going to tell it to you again. Because I want you to listen uh, to how God used this miracle to teach the nation of Israel something. And anytime you have a miracle in your life. I want you to just pay attention, because there's a message above the miracle. Say amen, somebody. God is trying to teach you and me something, because he wants to grow us up. And so the Bible says that about two and a half months after leaving Egypt, the people of Israel became hungry. This is in Exodus chapter 16. You can go and read that later on today or this week. The people of God became hungry after leaving Egypt, two and a half months later. Now, that in itself, I think, ...is a miracle. The Bible doesn't tell us what kind of rations they left Egypt with. But whatever it was they left Egypt with, it kept them for two and a half months. And then the Bible said that God made them hungry. This means that uh, there was not a shortage of supply. Uh, We know that the nation of Israel came out of Egypt with their chickens and their oxen and their sheep and their goats. So they had the supply. But God made them hungry... In spite of the fact that they had a supply. Why? Because he wanted to teach them a lesson. He wanted them to understand a principle that you and I must understand as we walk with God. And so it says that God made them hungry. Let me just ask you a question. Has God ever made you hungry? You know, God's making America hungry right now. Two weeks ago, everybody's talking about how great the economy is. And then two weeks later, America's hungry. And, and when these things happen, we need to pay attention because God is teaching something. God is getting the attention of the nation, and many times he's gotten our attention. And so the Bible said God made them hungry. They went to Moses, and look at what the people said because God is he's putting a little squeeze on them so they can see what's in their hearts. And they said to Moses, would that we had died in Egypt. Because over there in Egypt we had a pot full of meat. And uh, it would have been better to die in Egypt. And we could have had all of the spices of Egypt and the onions too. And so these people are are complaining against the deliverance God brought to them. And uh, they're saying we would rather have died in Egypt than be delivered by God. This is a problem. God's revealing what's in their heart. He's revealing their, their inner man, their inner nature. And so God said to them, God said to Moses, tell the people that by tomorrow morning they're going to have bread. I'm going to make it rain bread out of heaven. And so the Bible says that in the morning that a, a powdery substance, something like a flower, came out of heaven like the dew of the morning. It came upon the camp of Israel. And when the people came out, God had provided the means for them to eat And so God said, every man take an omer, that's a measure, uh, and uh, every man is going to go out, and he's going to fill that measure with flour, with manna, and that's going to be his supply for that day. Now, notice how God worked in the nation of Israel. They went out, and they would fill their measure. Every man had to go out and get it himself, all right? And the Bible says some of them didn't take a whole measure, and those who took little had no lack. Have you ever had little and still had no lack? Have you watched God work that way in your life? Come on, somebody. Have you watched God work that way in your life? The Bible said those who had little had no lack. And those there were others who took more than their Then their measure, they would go and they would kind of do, because human nature is human nature, right? They would fill that cup up, and then they would kind of, I can imagine, say, here, scoop a little bit more in there. I want to get as much into the house as I can, because I don't know if we're going to have this again tomorrow. I don't know if we're going to have what we need. And the Bible said those who had excess had none left over. So those who had little had no lack, and those who had excess had none left over. And that's the miracle of the manna, because... Uh, Whether or not you had a lot or a little, you always had enough. Say amen, somebody. Have you ever noticed how God is able to meet your needs? Why? Because he wasn't meeting their needs by the manna. He was meeting their needs by the word. He said, I'm going to feed you tomorrow. And so they were fed by the word of God. Now, the word of God also said, don't keep any for the next day. Well, some of them, they took some of that manna, they made bread, and then they decided to keep the bread for the next day. And the Bible said their bread, uh, bread worms, and became moldy, it became foul, they couldn't eat it. And God said, look, I told you, I'm going to feed you every day. How many days? Every day. And so you can imagine this first thing maybe begins on a Sunday, uh, the first day of the week. So Sunday they go out, they get their share of manna, they have enough for that day. Uh, On Monday they do it again, Tuesday again, Wednesday again, Thursday again. on Friday God said, now I want you to go out and get double because tomorrow is the Sabbath and I don't want you to work tomorrow. I don't want you to go out and collect manna on the Sabbath that's going to be a day of rest. You're going to worship me. Now, this is before the institution of the Ten Commandments. That's going to happen in a few chapters of Exodus. But God is teaching them something here. And so the Bible says that they would go out and they would, they would take two measures. And so those two measures were enough for Friday and for Saturday. Now, you say, Pastor, on Monday when I kept the bread too long, it became moldy. So that means that if I do it on Friday, it's going to become moldy to. No, why? Because they're not being fed by the manna, they're being fed by the word. Say amen, somebody. God is teaching them that it's their obedience to his word. It's their dependence upon his word that is going to bring the provision into their life. It's their dependence upon revelation that's going to bring provision into their life. Well, wouldn't you know it that on, on the Sabbath, some of them still went out. And God had told them to take two two portions on Friday, but on Saturday, some of them still went out to go look for manna. They came out there, and there was no manna. Why? God said, you're not going to collect manna on the Sabbath. And when God saw them out there with their measures, the way he's seeing some of you right now, going around and, and trying to scoop up the scraps, God said to them, how long will you not listen to my word? I told you that I would have you covered for two days. And so God was teaching them that when he said, uh, have enough for one day, it would be enough. And when he said you'll have enough for two days, it would be enough. He wanted them to know. He said, I made you understand that it's not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Have you learned complete dependence upon God? I believe the Lord sent me to preach this this morning because some of you are going around with your cup this morning trying to fill it by yourself. Trying to do it in your own strength and your own way. And God is saying, you're not going to fight your way in. You're not going to push your way in. You're going to walk in. And how are you going to walk in? By obeying my voice. By doing what I say. Come on, somebody. You're going to live by the word of God. That means we ask God's opinion on all the decisions of our life. We seek his leadership and direction in all the decisions of our life. What church do I attend? Who do I marry? What job do I take? What kind of house do I buy? We go to God and we listen for his voice because we don't, li- we don't live live. By the things that we know. We don't live by our experience. And Lord knows we can't live by our emotions. We have to live by faith. We have to walk in accordance with the revelation of God over our life. Now here's the result of that. He said when you did this, you walked 40 years in the wilderness and your feet never swelled. They're a walking miracle. Say, I'm a walking miracle. Now, I did some research on this and because I have seen the effects of swelling feet in, in, in times past. And I know that swelling feet is a, is a sign of sickness. So two things are happening here. God, first of all, says when you walk with me, when you live in the light of my word, in the light of revelation, you won't experience sickness on the journey I'll keep sickness off of you but there's also a spiritual implication and application you and I can make from this there are three things uh, at least these are the most common ones three causes of swelling feet number one is heart trouble when people experience heart trouble their feet swell and listen when you walk with God God will keep your heart healthy he'll keep your spiritual man healthy he'll give you the ability to to love him and to keep him first. When you're not walking with God, other things will start replacing God. And your heart will become hardened toward God. It will become harder for you to hear God's voice. And So God says, walk with me and you'll keep your first love. Walk with me and you'll be able to redirect your worship toward me and toward me only. You see, when, when there is a heart problem, there's an indifference toward God. There's a, well, whatever, kind of attitude toward God. And God says, if you do that, if you are indifferent toward me, if you neglect your walk with me, you're going to find your heart becomes sick. And you say, Pastor, what if my spiritual heart has become sick? What if I don't have love for God? What if I don't have love for people? What if I can't love the members of my family? Can I tell you, friend, Jesus is the healer of the heart. And he says, you want a whole heart? Come walk with me. I'll take that heart of stone, that callous and broken heart, and I'll give you a new one. I'll make you whole. And I'll I'll, I'll take away the scars, and I'll give you peace in your heart. I'll give you the ability to love. Difficult people to love. I'll give you the ability to put God first above every other thing. But how does that come? It comes from walking with God. Now let me just ask you a question. Those of you who have been walking with God for a long time. Has he healed your heart? Have you been wounded along the journey and yet he healed your heart? Did you come to him broken and disgusted with life? And today you are whole and happy. Why? Because he is the healer of the heart. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And deliverance to captives. And recovery to the brokenhearted." God cares about your heart this morning. He says, Israel, so long as you listen to my voice, so long as you walk with me, I kept your heart healthy. I kept you in love. I kept you walking in love, so that you can walk in faith. Then another thing that happens, or another cause of swelling feet, is kidney disease or kidney failure. When there is trouble in the kidneys, it produces uh, at times a swelling of the feet, of the feet. This relates to the filtration system of the body. It means the body is not filtering out the toxins as it needs to filter out. Listen, friends, there is a reality that you and I experience every day. We are believers in an unbelieving world. We are holy. We are saints in, a, in an unholy world. The Bible says that we walk among them. We live in the filth and and, uh, and in the culture of this world. But you and I don't have to live with those toxins in us. There is a filtration system that God has provided for you. As you walk with him, he filters those things out of your life. He keeps you clean. He brings out the waste out of your life so that you can walk pure and healthy before him. Listen, there is... Only one way that you and I can have our minds filtered out so that the junk and gunk that that comes from this culture can be taken out of our mindset. It's by walking with God. When you walk with God, He'll teach you how to think. He'll teach you how to speak. He'll teach you how to live. Say amen, somebody. When you walk with God, He'll clean up your life. Has anybody experienced God cleaning up their life? Isn't it amazing that, that you you told a little white lie, and immediately you came under conviction. Some of you got mad about it. You said, Lord, I don't understand why you're getting on my case. My neighbor is doing worse things, and you're not getting on their case. But I can't, I can't even look in the wrong direction. The Holy Spirit's convicted me, and the Lord said, this is why. Because your neighbor doesn't belong to me. You belong to me. You're my child. I'm doing a work in your heart. Come on, somebody. I'm bringing the filth out of your life. Because he wants to make you holy. He wants to make you clean. And as you walk with him, he'll do that in your life. He'll do that in your heart. He'll bring out those, those toxins of your past. He'll bring out the toxic environment that you were born into He'll bring out the toxicity of the relationships that you've experienced and he'll take those that waste out of your life and he'll purify you so that you can walk in him he'll take unforgiveness out and give you the power to let it go the power to say you're not going to be controlling my life anymore you're not going to hold me back anymore come on somebody yesterday and yesterday's errors don't have to affect me today as you walk with God But when you don't walk with God, there's nothing to purify you. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus cleanses every man's conscience so that he might do good works and serve the living God. He cleanses our conscience from dead works. The only way that you and I can have a clean conscience and a pure life is by walking with God. There's not enough education in the world to give you a pure life. There's not enough education in the world or money in the world to cleanse your conscience. They tell the story about a man who used to, ro- who used to steal railroad spikes. This was back in the, uh, in the railroad era. He would steal railroad spikes. So they, sent, they decided to send him to Harvard and educate him so that he wouldn't be a thief anymore. And they said when he came out, he stole the whole train. He was still a thief. He was just better educated. He was better at it. You see, education can't do it. Money can't do it. But the blood of Jesus can do it. The blood of Jesus can cleanse your conscience. Come on, somebody. From dead work so that you can serve the living God. Are you tired of looking over your shoulder to see if your past is about to catch up with you? Walk with God. God will make you forget your past and look forward toward your future. The third thing that swelling feet represents is a poor circulation And poor circulation leads to a loss of energy and the inability to heal. Some of you came in here and you're a low-energy Christian this morning. We say it in Spanish, no ganas. God wants you to serve him with ganas. With enthusiasm. Say amen, somebody. He doesn't want you to just To just hobble across the finish line and say, well, I'm just glad I made it to heaven. No, he wants you to have the energy uh, and the vitality that you need to do the work and will of God. Come on, somebody. And that is going to come when you have good circulation in your spiritual life, when you're walking with God. Tell your neighbor, take a walk. It's time to start walking. You know, in order to heal... Swelling feet in the spiritual, you have to walk with God. You walk with him by faith, by listening to his word. And every word that proceeds from the mouth of God brings healing. It brings health. It brings provision. It brings satisfaction. It brings energy. When you don't have the voice of God in your life, when you're not listening to God in your life, all of those things are lacking. When you're listening to the voice of God, one word from God will get you going for two weeks. Say amen, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. One word from God will change your entire year. One word from God will change 10 years of your life. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So don't anybody in here say, I can't hear from God. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. You are able to hear from God. You're a child of the living God. And if you will listen to him, if you will live by his word, by revelation, you'll walk with him by faith. You'll experience these things in your life. Now the Bible says God said your, your feet never swelled. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 5. He says your sandals never wore out. Can you imagine having a pair of shoes that lasts you for 40 years? Those are some good boots man. And not 40 years at the, at the ball right. This is 40 years in the wilderness. In the dirt, in the mud, in thorns, 40 years, their shoes never wore out. I'm talking about the walking miracle. Say, I'm a walking miracle. Have you ever seen God take things that should have worn out a long time ago and keep them going in your life? Just to show you that he's involved, that he's active in your life. Listen, the fact that their shoes never wore wore out was a miracle uh, that represented their ability to possess the promises of God. Because God said to Moses and then again to Joshua, he said, every place that the sole of the feet of the nation of Israel touches, that will become theirs. They're going to possess the promised land by walking. They're going to possess the promised land one step at a time. And I want you to get excited about this this morning. Because God is saying, I'm going to give you the ability to possess the thing I promised to you without wearing out. Come on, somebody. Because some, some Christians have this idea, I'm just going to get there and then die. I'm going to cross the Jordan and then die. The devil's a liar. You and I can expect to be like Caleb. The Bible said that Caleb was 40 years old when he left Egypt. They got to the promised land, to the border of the promised land. And he and Joshua told the people, we can take the country. Uh, God has spoken. God has given it to us. And the people said, no way, Jose. There's giants in that land. They will eat us alive. And so he had to wait 40 more years with that, uh, with that generation in the wilderness. But when he became 80 years old. And the Bible says that he went to Joshua and he said, Joshua, I'm ready for my claim. I'm ready for my mountain. And he said, it it was 40 years ago that I started this journey. And it was 40 years ago that God promised me this land. He said, but I am just as strong today as I was then. Come on, somebody. I haven't lost my vigor. I haven't lost my strength because I'm walking with God. You and I need to expect to be able to walk with God and walk with him for our whole life without wearing out. Come on, somebody. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said that the righteous will wear out the work of their hands. That means that the things, the car you drive should wear out before you do. That means that the books you read should wear out before you do. That means the pencil you write with should wear out before you do. Why? Because you are a walking miracle. Because you have the sustaining power of the almighty God. I don't hear a whole lot of amens. I don't see a whole lot of faith in here. But I'm going to keep preaching until you get it. Because God wants you to walk in and to walk in with power. To walk in in victory. To walk in whole. Come on, somebody. Their shoes didn't wear out. That means, listen, listen. That means that every time they had a victory, they went and possessed another victory. And they always had more soul on their shoes. They always had enough for the next step. They always had the ability to go one more. You see, some of the victories you have had recently have cost you so much. You decided to relax and take a break. God said, there's no time to relax and there's no time to take a break. This is time to walk. It's time to walk in because every step you take is going to be a step of possession. Come on, somebody. Listen. If he says every place the sole of their feet treads will become theirs, that word uh, is Im- important in two ways. First of all, it means you have to walk. Say, I, I have to walk. You know, when you come out of surgery, I've seen this happen with a few people, they come out of surgery, within a few hours of coming out of surgery, they've got you walking. Say, I've got to walk. walk. It would be a lot easier to just stay in that bed. But if you want to get out of that hospital, you got to walk. That means you can't just sit on your front porch and say, well, if the land's going to be mine, the Lord will bring a deed. What do you got to do? You got to walk. You got to hear God's voice and obey. You have to take those steps of faith when they come and obey God. But the second thing that this means is that they had to pursue. You see, and I have to mention this because Pentecostals, we have this funny idea that um, that we've taken this verse and we say, I like that house. I'm going to go see the house. We walk around the house. We say, I already claimed the house. You haven't claimed the house till you pursued it. That means you make a deal on the house. You make an offer. Nobody's saying amen now. Because some of you have claimed ten houses in town already. Are you understanding? You got to pursue Pursue with intention according to the word of God. And so when, when you go and pursue, not just see the house, but you go and make a deal. You go and make an offer on the house. God says, I'll back you up. I'll be with you. At every place the sole of your foot pursues, I'll give to you. Say, I met somebody. God said their feet didn't swell. That means that what was hard became easy. When you're walking with God, what's hard becomes easy. And their soul didn't wear out. That means what was closed comes open. Are there some closed doors in your life? God says, I'll open them for you. Now, let me give you a couple of examples so that you can understand what God is teaching us this morning. Because he says, I want you to know. I'm going to make you know. Now, isn't that that interesting that God doesn't just want me to know, but he's going to make me know. Have you ever had to make your children know something? Now, why do you make them know that that stove is hot? Because you don't want them to burn. Why does God make Israel know that they're going to live by his word and not by manna? Why does he do that? Because he wants them to get to the promised land. He doesn't want them to die in the wilderness. And they're not going to possess the promised land until they know that the promised land is, not, is mine. Not because I took it. It's mine not because I conquered giants. It's mine not because I shot arrows. It's mine because God has spoken. Because I have God's word on it and God's word is my provision. Come on, somebody. Do you have a word from God? I said, do you have a word from God? Has God spoken to your life? Has God spoken to your family? Then that's the word that gives you access. Here's the first example. The Bible tells us about King Asa, 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Asa was a godly king of Israel, but he became prideful. Maybe he wasn't so much pride at the beginning, but he became neglectful of his walk. Don't neglect your walk. Tell your neighbor, don't neglect your walk. What happened? The Bible said that he was the king of Judah, and the king of Israel attacked Judah. These are cousins, Judah and Israel. The nation is divided. King Asus, the king of Judah, is a smaller country, and the nation of Israel is a larger one. He gets attacked by the larger. What have I been telling you? When God is on your side, the few will become will overcome the many every time. So the the larger country comes against the smaller one. And Judah, the Bible says that Asa, instead of going to God, he goes to the temple treasury and he takes money. He goes to his neighbor, Syria, an enemy of Israel and Judah. And he says to Syria, I'll pay you to be my ally. Let me let me have your strength and your army. And they make a deal and they go to war together against Israel, and they have a success. Uh, they have a victory because of the money that was exchanged in order to give uh, Israel, uh, in, in order to give Judah the victory. Now, I want you to notice this: they got a victory. But here's the here's the thing: one of the most dangerous things that can happen to you is for you to succeed outside of the will of God. They have a victory over Israel. Everything seems great. They have a victory parade. Asa comes home and walks in the house. There's a prophet in his living room. And the prophet says, God is upset with you, Asa. He said, Because instead of going to him, you went to the temple treasury. If you had gone to God, God would have given you victory over Israel and over Syria. And you would have kept your money. Amen. Come on, somebody. God's saying, walk into it. Some of you are trying to to fight your way in. God said, I don't need your ideas. I don't need your strategy. You need my ideas. You need my strategy. You need to listen to me. I'm not hearing very many amens anymore, but I'm going to keep preaching this morning. Because you see, because Asa didn't go to God... He went to his resources. He went to the treasury. And that's what many times people do. That so long as they have the resources, they don't think they need to consult with God. So long as there's bread in the pantry, they don't think they need to pray for daily bread. So long as there's money in the bank, they don't think they need to pray for provision. God is saying, I will make you know that you're not living by the money you have in the bank. You're not living by your 401k. You're living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And if you will do it God's way, God says, I'll give you victory over your enemy that's attacking you, over the enemy that's going to attack you next week, and you'll get to keep your money. Don't you just hate wasting money? He lost the bigger battle because the Bible said God told him, you will have wars from now on. And Judah had wars with Syria For the rest of its history, because the king didn't go to God to inquire about the word and voice of God. And he ended up costing him the treasure and the talent and the precious lives of Israel's young men for many generations. Because he would not consult with God. And then the Bible says that he became sick in his feet. His feet became diseased. Why? He wasn't walking with the Lord. This is a critical message this morning because Asa started out walking with God. But he stopped walking with God and his feet became diseased. All of the things God keeps off of those who walk with him come into those who stop walking with him. They become sick in their spirit. They become become hardened in their heart, friend, friend. When Asa's feet get diseased, because he's formed a habit now, instead of going to God, he goes to doctors. I want you to notice this very carefully, because God's not against doctors. God invented doctors. One of the writers of the the books of the Bible um, was a doctor. God's not against doctors. What God is against is when his people go to the doctor first. Or when his people go to the banker first. Or when his people go to the lawyer first. What he's saying is you need to come to me first and I'll tell you which doctor to go to. Send in somebody. I'll tell you which bank to go to. I'll tell you which lawyer to go to. But you come to me first. I'll do the work in your life. I'll direct you. You're not living by your resources or your know-how or your connections. You're living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And 2 Chronicles 16, 12, it says in 39 years, his reign, the reign of Asa, uh, his feet became diseased. And the disease was severe, yet even his disease, in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. The man died without possessing all that God had for him to possess. Because he wouldn't go to God. Don't neglect your walk. Listen, for the voice of God. Are you making a decision this week? Are you making a decision this week? Ask God to lead your decision. Ask God to direct your path. Listen, walking with God is different than God walking with us. And many times we what we want is for God to walk with us. We say, Lord, I'm going to... Um, Ask for a loan. Will you come with me? I'm going to go ask for that job. Will you come with me? And God's saying, look, I'm the leader here. You ask me and I'll tell you where to go. Come on, somebody. It's getting real quiet in the house of God. It's getting real quiet. Too quiet. Tell your neighbor, start walking. Here's another example. Joseph. Joseph was revealed, was told by God he was going to be a, a ruler, a leader. That his family would bow down at his feet. That he would be the rescuer of the nation of Israel. And the Bible said that his brothers sold him into slavery and they put his feet in irons. Listen, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to put your feet in irons. He doesn't want you to take that step of faith. He doesn't want you to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He wants you to live by the bread in your pantry and the money in your bank account because he can control that. And if he can control that and manipulate that, he can manipulate your faith and your worship and he'll control your life. But when you realize, I don't live by what's in there, I live by the word of God. He can put irons on your feet and can't stop you walking. He can put irons on your feet and can't keep you out of the promises of God. Come on, somebody. They put irons in his feet. And the Bible says in Psalm 105 that Joseph was afflicted with fetters on his feet. And he himself was laid in irons until the day that the word of the Lord came to pass. Why? Because every word of God is tested. Everything God says, God does. He said, by the mouth of Solomon, I will perform with my hand what my mouth has spoken. I want you to watch Joseph. Joseph is put in irons. He becomes a slave. He keeps walking with God. What do you do when you go from being daddy's favorite to being a slave? Thousands of miles from home, he keeps walking with God. Tell your neighbor, keep walking. I don't know where you're at right now. I know maybe right now you're in a rough patch. Maybe right now you're going through some difficulties. Keep walking. I said, keep walking. Has God spoken a word over your life? Keep walking. I said, keep walking. God said, this year, breakthrough will visit your house. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking one step, one foot after the other. Joseph becomes a slave, but he keeps walking. Then he becomes a prisoner. He's thrown into prison. He's falsely accused. What does Joseph do? He keeps walking. He keeps walking with God. and This is a beautiful thing. The Bible said that Joseph became the most trusted man in the prison. So that the warden put the entire prison under Joseph's command and said, Joseph, I don't even care uh, uh, to hear any more reports. You know what you're doing. You run the place. Why? The Bible says because the Lord was with Joseph. Come on, somebody. You keep walking. Are you in a prison Are you set up around? Are you surrounded by obstacles and challenges? Are they facing you down? Are they staring you down? Keep walking with God. Don't neglect your walk because sooner or later those prison bars are going to break and those gates are going to open. Come on, somebody. Joseph just kept on walking, and then he was forgotten, forgotten by his friends, forgotten by his family. His family thought he was dead. I mean, no visitors for about 13 years. The last two years of his life, he's completely forgotten. His contacts have dried up. But he kept walking with God. Say it again keep walking. Now, instead of telling your neighbor, tell yourself keep walking. Come on, somebody. Have you ever run a mile? Some of you run five a day. I don't, I'm ashamed to ask you. And you get to about that three quarters of a mile. And you say, I could just turn around right now and go home. But you have to tell yourself, keep going. Keep going. You're just that close. I say, You're just that close. Joseph was forgotten by all but God. He kept walking with God. And the Bible says that in one day, Joseph went from the pit to the palace. That morning he woke up He was a forgotten prisoner. That night he went to bed in the most luscious bed in all of Egypt and he was the prime minister second only to Egypt in the entire land. Why? Because when you walk with God he'll break the chains off of your feet and nothing will be able to keep you out of the promised land. Nothing will be able to keep you out of the thing God has spoken over your life. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, I challenge you, I charge you, I encourage you, Kingsway Church, don't walk by sight, walk by faith. Don't walk by your emotions, walk by Faith. don't walk by your feelings. Walk by faith. Don't walk by your experience. Walk by faith. Because that is the winning walk. That is the walk that leads to victory. That is the walk that opens doors. That is the walk that makes the difficult easy. You say, but pastor, I don't trust the economy. God didn't say trust the economy. He said trust his word. But pastor, I don't trust the doctors to have a solution for this for this coronavirus. God didn't say trust the doctors. He said trust his word. Come on somebody. Well, oh, pastor I don't trust the people in my life. I don't trust my boss. I don't trust my children to do what, I, what needs to be done. God didn't say to trust in people. He said blessed is the man whose fear is God. Whose confidence is God. Come on somebody. Put your trust in God. In the word of God. Those who trust in him, the Bible said, will never be put to shame. Asa stopped walking with God. He lost the battle. He lost the war. And he lost his life. Joseph kept walking with God. He won the war. And he kept his life. Walk by faith. Walk by faith this morning. Make a commitment this morning to say, God, I'm going to listen for your voice in everything. Because I don't want to live by bread. Bread can mold and deteriorate and become foul. I want to live by your word because your word doesn't rust. It doesn't become foul. It doesn't mold. It doesn't grow old. It is timeless. It is eternal. Your word is life. Your word will stand the test of time. I want to live by the word of God. Come on, somebody. I want to live by the infallible and unchanging word of the living God. Until every area of our life is in complete complete and total dependence upon God. Until every decision we make is seasoned by prayer. And seeking the face and will of God. Until our passion is not stuff but God. Until our desire, our burning and yearning is to see the face of God more than his hand. Let us keep walking. Walking by faith. Walking into miracles. Because we have been called out of darkness into a marvelous light. Walk by faith. Walk into it this morning. You are a walking miracle. Come on somebody. You are a walking miracle. But you're not there yet. Tomorrow you're going to have to walk by faith again. So make up your mind today. Every step I take, I'll take with God. Let's stand together. Anybody in here this morning has somewhere to go? You have a promised land to possess? Anybody in here have a dream Anybody in here have a vision from God? Anybody in here have a call from God in your life? Come on, let me hear it. Yes or no? If you do, I want you to come into this altar. I want you to take a step of faith and say, God, I'm going to walk. This week, it may be the hardest step I have to take, but I'm going to keep walking toward you. I'm going to walk by faith. I will not live by bread alone. I'm not going to live by my job. I'm not going to live by my relationships, I'm going to live by the Word of Almighty God.